Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Death by a Thousand Cuts, a special message from Brother Zach Pyers. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Praise the Lord, praise God. It feels good in the house of the Lord. I feel at home. I'm so thankful to be a, have a, be invited to be with you this morning in Jesus' name. Praise God. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel a sweet spirit in here. And that's really important to revival. And I feel very welcome. And I feel uh, that uh, we have a house full of genuine people. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And just so you know, your pastor and his wife, they're genuine, real people, too. They are good friends of mine, and, and uh, so thankful for their friendship in my life. Praise God. Now, Vinny, Pastor Vinny, he's about 100 times better preacher than me, praise the Lord. So hopefully your expectations aren't that high for me this morning. He's one of the best ministers, I feel like, in the whole state of Ohio. So you guys are very blessed to have Pastor Vinny. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to the Word of the Lord, Genesis chapter number 39, and we're going to read verse number 7 and through 12. Do you still have a little bit in your tank? All right. Can I preach this morning for a little bit? All right. I feel like God gave me a word for us specifically, for every person in this place. Uh, it may not be a shouting word, but it's going to be a word that will encourage us and help us understand some things. So Genesis chapter number 39. Verse number seven, say praise the Lord whenever you're there. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept anything back from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass that as he spake, Joseph, that uh, as she spake to Joseph day by day, say, everybody say every day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie with her and to be with her. And it came to pass about this time. That Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men in the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And I'd like to preach this morning about Ling Chi. Now, you don't know what that is, do you? That's all right. I will tell you what it means here in a minute. But let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for what we feel in this house. I need your anointing to preach your word to your people, God. These people are set apart. I believe that you're going to use them powerfully for such a time as this for revival in Ironton. Lord, I'm so thankful to be here this morning, God. And I just pray that your spirit would have its way in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Every single day he fought and overcame the temptation. Every single day there was a battle and a struggle with his flesh. And every night you know that the enemy attacked his mind trying to convince him to give in the next day. Over and over, day after day, he had to fight to, and he had to win. Over the centuries, mankind has come up with some excruciating ways to torture other human beings. 
Some torture is done to punish an individual for something they have done. Some torture is performed on a person to get information out of them. Torture means the act of inflicting physical or mental pain on somebody in order to persuade somebody to do something. Whenever studying torture, I found some nasty examples uh, of torture. The first one that caught my eye is called the brazen bull. Has anybody ever heard of that? It is a bull made of brass that would be slowly heated up, uh, cooking the victim inside. And the horns of the bull were designed in such of a way to turn the victim's screams uh, into music. What a horrible way to die. And just a fact for you, the person who actually created that uh, instrument of torture was the first person that it was tested on so <laughs> the next way is the rack and that's a bed that is formed where there you lay the victim on it and you tie their ankles and their wrist uh, near the head and the foot of the bed of the rack and the rope is slowly tightened and it basically dislocates the victim's sockets with their knees and their elbows and their shoulders and their wrists leading to dismemberment another way of torture is through immurement and this is, would be the least way I would want to be tortured to death. Just so everybody knows, I don't like tight spaces. And this torture involves locking somebody in a small box. And uh, whether you bury them or just keep them confined in that little structure. And the person would slowly die a death after going insane of being confined. That is horrible. Just the, the thought of that just makes me... Uh, uh, you know, get the eebie-jeebies, you know, I'm not into that type of uh, being locked down. And then another way that I thought was pretty nasty was rat torture. And the, what they would do is they would take an individual and lay him down and they would put a, a, a metal box with a rat over it and they would cook it or begin to heat it up and causing the rat to basically eat through the person's uh, stomach. And I know it's Sunday morning, but I'm not trying to be too nasty, but that's no way to die, praise God. It's super crazy whenever you think about the very cruel and dark things that people have come up with ways to torture each other. And while I was in prayer, God spoke to me just these words, death by a thousand cuts. Whenever I heard this phrase, I knew kind of what it meant. But whenever I studied it out, I actually found out uh, that it was a vicious type of torture that was used by the Chinese people up to the 1900s. And the Chinese people, would the word for this is, you guessed it, Ling Chi, which means death by a thousand cuts. This torture was a very slow process that brought a lingering death on an individual. And this torture was not used to get information and then release. But this uh, was to torture the victim into execution and to kill them. And this form of torture and execution, a knife was used to methodically remove parts uh, of a person's body until uh, they basically bled out uh, to death, uh, resulting in their death. The executioner would make a six-inch slice in somebody's thigh on Monday. And then on Tuesday, they would come in and cut their Achilles tendon. And on a Wednesday, they would come and remove half of the person's ear. And then the next day, they would come and cut a three-by-three three section out of their arm. And, and this could go on for weeks or months uh, at a time before the person would die of blood loss uh, or infection. And this act, uh, 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 this is the act of it. But the same. Death by a thousand cuts uh, has been used by many to, to, to describe or represent the demise or termination of someone as a result uh, of numerous small problems, each of them insignificant in itself. 
And God has sent me here today to help us understand that this is also a tactic that is used by the enemy of our soul. And some of us may be experiencing this as we speak. The enemy wants to show up every day. Uh, come on. Listen, I said I'm not as good as a preacher as Benny, so you got to preach with me this morning. The enemy will show up in our lives every day with a small lie or a small offense or a small argument with your spouse or a small step backwards in your convictions every day little by little here a slice there a slice the enemy wants to show up and, and, and just methodically through little attacks begin to take you apart the danger is that whenever you look at the issue by itself it is seemingly insignificant that's the danger in this type of torture because if you look at the one thing by itself, you would say, that doesn't matter at all. It, uh, it's not something big. But the problem is uh, not that one cut, uh, but it's the 999 cuts that you have suffered that have brought you to a point uh, of spiritual death. This attack is so deceptive and hard to know that you're even under attack because you cannot pinpoint the sole issue. It is just a bunch of little issues. Can I get a witness from anybody? You ever talk to somebody that seems like they were struggling? And you say, what's wrong with you? And they say this, I don't know, just a lot of little things going on. You ever talk to somebody that's like, well, hey, bud, I want to help you. What's going on? I don't even know where to start. There's just a bunch of little things that seemingly are popping up. The moment that you hear that, that should be a warning alarm going off in your spirit uh, that the enemy is working to try to take that person down uh, through this type of an attack. And then because uh, they are so little, they are hard to talk about and address. Uh, because they are so little, the devil will make you feel like uh, addressing them makes you weak and babyfied. As a Christian, somebody will come to try to help you, and you'll say, well, I can't really tell brother so-and-so that this is going on. Me and my wife, we got a little spat. You know, it's just, this is something we're going to handle in-house, or my kids are kind of being disobedient. I'm not going to tell brother about that because he's going to think I'm not as spiritual as I should be. And because each attack is so small and isolated that you feel like, hey, if I talk to somebody about it, they're going to think, hey, tough enough. You know, come on, this is just life. But what they don't understand is that it's just one problem. Of 999 other problems that you got going on. So the devil will slip into your life uh, and into your spirit uh, and say, Don't tell anybody about this little problem because it, it, it's going to make you look weak. And don't talk to this person about this because, uh, you know, it's going to make you seem like you're a baby in Christ and you can't handle your stuff and you're not a tough man that you can't deal with what you're going through. Be, beware. We cannot take this li attack lightly. Please understand, when the enemy begins to work on you this way, his goal is not just to slow you down or to get you frustrated. Just like this uh, type of torture we talked about, whenever the enemy begins to attack you this way, his goal is to execute you. His goal is to completely torture your faith and slowly drain it till you gradually aren't coming anymore. Draining it slowly every day with little attack. Everybody say small things are important. A small thing left undressed will become a big thing. 
a check engine light unaddressed can easily turn into a major repair. A small offense not dealt with uh, could very quickly become a root of bitterness uh, in our hearts. Many things add up to big things. The little things in life are usually what make up the big things in life. If you look at a car engine, there's thousands of pieces and parts in there. Now, I'm not a car guy, so it's overwhelming to me. But if you pop that engine up, there's a lot of little things that make the car go. It's the same way in your life, in your spiritual life. There's a lot of little pieces and parts that they may seem small, but I'm here to help you understand that they are very significant to your spiritual man continuing forward. Small things hold big things together. I have a garage. I have a company. We sell garages and carports nationwide. And then we build these huge garages and we put them together with these itty bitty screws about this big. Now we're talking about huge trusses and huge long pieces of metal and tubing and uh, it's so heavy and weighty and you, you put this big structure up. Uh, but, I'm, but listen, they are all held together by these little pieces. That's why little pieces are important in your life. You look at your life and say, well, we got this big thing and this big thing. But don't be deceived by the enemy into not understanding that all these big things are held together by the little things in life. And it's through these little things that the enemy comes in. He knows that, just like I said, this big garage, I know it is being held together by screws. The enemy is not stupid of your soul. He understands that your life is being put together by these small things. That is why he doesn't always come after the big stuff. He'll come after all the little things because he knows all the big things in your life are being held together by the little things. And you better believe he knows this. And he uses this tactic that God has revealed to me to preach us today called Ling T, death by a thousand cuts. God warned us about small things. In Zechariah, he said, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And now shall know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you for who hath the despised the day of small things. Here God asked a very powerful question. He said, who has despised the day of small things? I'll tell you who, people that are getting killed by a thousand cuts. Because the word despise here in the Hebrew, it means to hold insignificant. I'm going slow for a reason. If you think that the small things of your life are insignificant, then you're despising the day of small things and you open up a door for the enemy to be able to come into your life because he knows that you despise small things. You think in your mind they're insignificant. So that is the perfect place for the enemy to hide in the small things because he already knows you despise it. The small things are usually the most important things. Uh, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a parent who slides into their kid's room whenever they put him down at bed at night and says a small prayer. You may think all oh, that we could skip that and, we, and the enemy would say, you don't have time to do that anymore. I'm telling you, that's the small things that add up to something great. It's like a marriage, praise God. Now, women, you can, you could uh, slide me a $20 bill after this. Date night is really important. Oh, that was your opportunity. 
I even set you up and let you know it was coming. We're too busy to hang out. We're too busy to spend that time alone. Uh, and uh, Just a small dinner on a Thursday night, wherever you're able to escape from the kids, get a babysitter, sit across from each other, talk. Listen, I got three kids, praise God. I run a business. I pastor a church. I'm very busy. But date night is very important. Why? It's a small thing that keeps a big thing going called a marriage, praise the Lord. It's the little things of life. Uh, that keep the big things going so the enemy would love to take that. If you have a mentality of despise small things, you're perfect prey to the enemy. Don't put small things off until the next day. You know why? Because the next day is filled with small things. The Lord is talking here in the text of Zerubbabel rebuilding the house of the Lord. And God said to him he would rejoice whenever he saw him pick up the plumb line. We built a house last year, and we were really excited about it. And if you've ever built a house, it's very fun to go and look as they do it. You know, you show up, and you say, what's been done? What's been done? And you kind of watch the process, and it was mind-boggling to me. All the pieces and little things that went together step by step had to be done in order. Every detail had to be accounted for. Small pieces uh, had to be put together to finish this product and this product. And it is the same way in our life. That one seal that did not get installed correctly could be the beginning of a flood in your house. Just that small thing, you know, that little seal that they put on the bathtub and they don't install that correctly, but then they put the bathtub in, then they put the drywall in, then they put the flooring in, and then you move in and turn on the water and realize, hey, we got a problem. It's just the smallest little thing that is behind the scenes that's going to cause major repair, major issues, major things down the road, but we have to do the small things. I see the enemy working like this all the time. I've been pastoring for a while, and nothing is more frustrated whenever you see one of God's people with a hundred cuts, and, and, and they come in, and there's just a bunch of little things going on in your life, and you try to minister to them and try to pour out into their life, and the next week they come in, and they have 250 cuts, and you can just see it on their face. They're just stressed out. They're spread so thin, and the enemy is attacking them on so many fronts, and it's just the, and then you see 500 cuts, and they're having Halfway there, And it's so hard to minister to this type of attack uh, because it is not one main thing, right? If, if you come and say, hey, I got my arm chopped off, it's like, all right, at least we can know what to work on, right? It's like there's one main issue, that's fine, but this, this type of attack is so hard to minister to because it's so many little things. That are adding up to the big things. And I know that I'm in the Holy Ghost because the Bible says in the last days that Satan would come to wear out the saints of the Most High God. How's he going to wear you out? Just little things. You get wore out by, hey, it's the sixth. I've been working six days straight, right? And then you go to, you, you take Sunday break, and then next Monday you feel like, hey, I'm, I can go back at it again. You get wore out because of the, the whole week. It's just like a, a mom, praise God. Sometimes I'll show up and my wife will be so stressed out dealing with the kids all day long. And we'll be sitting there and one of the kids will spill a glass of milk, right? And she goes crazy. You know what I mean? I'm like, babe, that's not that big a deal. You know, let me help you clean that up. But the problem is it wasn't the one glass of milk. See, I, I came in fresh to the battle, right? You know, I just, I've been working you know, but the problem was they also spilled juice earlier. They ground chips into the carpet. They haven't been listening all day. 
The one had an accident, you know what I'm saying, that had to clean it up. But here I come in like, babe, what's wrong? You know, like, geez, like, are you, why are you getting so upset over one glass of milk? But you see what I'm saying? It, it, there was the, it wasn't just the one glass of milk. It was the fact that all other 80 of these things had happened throughout the day. That one glass of milk, sure, it was the last straw, if you will. But it, it, but it was not just that one isolated thing. And that's the same way it is with our lives. It's like, wow, you're really getting worked up about this? And it's like, you don't even, yes, I'm upset about this, but I got all these other things that are just are mounting up in my life that's causing me to break because of this one issue. So the spilled milk all by itself is not the problem. It is all the things that have brought her to the brink of insanity. Praise the Lord. Where's the mom's at? Anybody have three kids? You know what I'm talking about. You may be thinking to yourself, you know, this is me. I'm stressing over these little things at my job. I have health issues. I have past due bills. I have kids needing more from me. I have a marriage that isn't what it needs to be. Praying and reading is slipping. You know, I have been have to make this major decision in my life. The insurance premiums are rising. And, and, and uh, I, I just I'm, it's just so much for me to deal with. And then what happens is you snap and you lose it. And the enemy wins. Because it's a death by a thousand cuts. It's like the saying, everybody, any, everybody ever heard the straw that breaks the camel's back? A single piece of straw only weighs 67th of an ounce. Insignificant. If I had a piece of my straw in my pocket, it's not like at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I'm tired. You know, I've been carrying this straw around, right? It's just, it doesn't matter. It's a small thing. But a bale of straw, which consists of 10,000 pieces of straw, weighs 90 pounds. Now listen, I, look, I, I can see a lot of you are strong people. But try carrying around 90 pounds for a week. Guess what? At the end of the week, uh, you're going to be rang out. You're going to be wore out. The bale is just a bunch of little pieces. That are so insignificant by themselves, uh, but the straw, there is a straw that breaks the camel's back. And the camel is a powerful creature. It's designed to carry heavy loads and endure harsh terrain and climates, uh, but it is not almighty and neither are you, my friend. Sure, God will strengthen you, and, and we're very, uh, uh, we're very capable and strong people. I can tell in this place. Uh, but listen, there comes a time in your life, uh, a breaking, if you will, where the straws just keep on mounting up, uh, and you may not even know that you're carrying around such a weight in your life. Uh, but it's just so many small things uh, that you just can't pinpoint it. And before you know it, uh, you here you are carrying this great burden of the straw, and it's just wearing you out. And there is a straw, the straw. Everybody say, the straw. The straw. There is the straw that breaks the camel's back. What does that mean? That means that there's a point where that camel has taken on as much as it can. Straw, 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 straw. Then there's the straw. And whenever you look at that straw, you know, it's just like, again, I pastor a church, and, and, and it's like so-and-so uh, ended up quitting. Why'd they quit? Oh, this happened. It's like, what do you mean? They quit over that? That's the, the straw. Right? It wasn't, that's not why they quit. They quit because of 99, they had all kinds of other problems. It was just the straw. 
It's not something huge. It's small. But whenever you put all those small things together, you don't understand that that is an attack from the enemy. And they end up backsliding. Many battles were fought to win World War II. If you could put that little picture up there, I asked you. World War II was one of the bloodiest wars that was ever seen. And if I were to ask you about it, uh, how many of you could give me very many details about it? But for the most part, what we know is that we won, right? Hitler lost. The Germans lost. You may say something, well, we dropped an atomic bomb, right? Those are what the big things. You may be able to tell me a few details about what happened. But listen, this war was not won in one battle. Oh, no. There were literally, if you could scroll down, there were literally hundreds of battles that decided the fate of the war. So as they scroll through this, go back up to the top. You can see there's hundreds of them. And just click on one of them. And each one of these little lines that we saw, whenever you click on it, each one of those lines has subcategories that break down and it talks about where it happened, the train it took place in, the who, people who were involved, the generals, the type of weaponry that was used. Each one of these has little details in and of itself. And the war was won on a hundred different battlefields uh, and a hundred different fronts. Uh, and the enemy had to be defeated every single day. Whether it was in the South Pacific or whether it was in the Mediterranean, every day they fought and won on the fronts. And I'm going to talk to you just for a moment about fronts. Well, what is a front? A front is in your home. A front is in your home. The church is only as strong as the home, praise God. And what you don't understand is the church is victorious uh, because you're winning on your fronts. Uh, God, and just like these little details, uh, each one of you have your own details about the lives that you're living and the things that you're facing, the enemy that's coming against you. He's not attacking him the same way he's attacking you, and he's not attacking you with the same weapons he's using against you. But I'm telling you, we all have fronts. Uh, and it's these little battles that we see up that cause World War II to be swayed in our favor. And it's the same way in the church. It's your little battle that the enemy has been trying to convince you and tell you that it's insignificant. And I'm here to expose him today to let you all know that the fight that you are fighting is not insignificant. It is very important. It's important to the church. It's important to the kingdom. It's important to your family. It's important to the lost souls in this community who do not have the Holy Ghost. Don't be deceived and believe the lies of the enemy that what you do is not important. It is so, so vitally important. Do not despise the day of small things. Why not? Because the enemy of your soul does not. If you could stand with me this morning, if our praisers could come back. In the text, it was every day the enemy showed up to take Joseph down. Everybody say day to day. Every day, it was the day to day pressure to give in. Every day struggle. To let go of his convictions. Can I get a witness from any? Has anybody been feeling like, man, the enemy's been attacking me every day. 
Come on, why don't you show your hands right now. Lift your hands. Just let the Lord know. She showed up and said, hey, what about today? Look what I'm wearing. I put this on for you. <laughs> right? The next day she slides in and she gets really close and she kind of gives a little waft and says, look, can you smell the perfume I put on for you today? Right? Every single day, the enemy, before you encounter him, has made preparations to try to get you to fall. And every single day, Joseph said, no, nope, not today. No, no, not today. I like your dress, but not today. I like what I smell, but not today. Because I'm not going to sin against God. Every single day he had to win. You know, the enemy tried to convince him that it didn't matter. He was already second in command. He was in charge of everything of Pharaoh's anyway. And he, you know, the enemy tried to minimize it and say, it's just something small. Just give in. Just just lay with her it's not going to be a big deal you'll be able to hide it it's not going to change anything you're still going to be second in command come on let's lift our hands all over this place death by a thousand cuts god sent me here today i believe with a pointed message to pray with some of you that god would strengthen you because you're almost worn out Come on, hear me in the Holy Ghost. Well, so if you know how to pray, why don't you begin to pray in Jesus' name? And God also sent me today with a warning for some of us who have been putting off the little things, thinking that they don't matter. And I'm telling you right now, God is going to send a revival to this church. And your small victories matter so much. Come on, why don't we come up to this altar and lift our hands. If you feel like you want the Holy Ghost to strengthen you this morning. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible.